0: So Money Episode Four Ninety Six. Rachel Mansfield, food blogger and social media consultant.
1: You're listening to So Money with
0: award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a thirty-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life. Welcome to So Money. You're listening to So Money, everyone. How are you? Ready for Thanksgiving? We are flying to the West Coast for Turkey Day this year. We always do that pretty much Uh and it will be one of probably the last trips out west for a while because I'm not really keen on traveling with two kids under the age of three on a plane across the country. And so my mom won't be happy about this, but uh, this is considered as my way of telling her <laughs> that we better make the most of this trip to San Fran this year because it won't be happening for a while. She'll need to get on a plane and visit us uh, for the next decade or so. Anywho... In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'm giving thanks back to a listener who I I sort of stumbled upon. You know, I was on Instagram and this person had tagged me in a photograph. And when I came to the photograph, I was not expecting to see what I was seeing. I was in a photo of a grain-free salmon burger topped with avocado. As delicious as that sounds, I was very confused. The caption described the burger's ingredients and then went on to say, now back to binge listening to Farnoosh Tarabi's So Money podcast. I am obsessed, exclamation point. And this photograph of the salmon burger had over 5,000 likes. So naturally, my interest was piqued, curious. I clicked on this Instagrammer's profile and almost fell off my chair. The photo belonged to food blogger Rachel Mansfield, who has over 100,000 followers on Instagram alone. She's a big deal, guys. And from there, you know, we naturally struck up a friendly conversation only to discover that less than one year ago, Rachel had been fired from her job because her employer thought that her social media presence was a conflict of interest. And at the time, you know, she only had a small fraction of the followers that she had today. And so, rather than scurry to find another job, she decided, at the ripe age of 26, to venture out on her own. And I totally uh, related to this story, not because I had this fabulous Instagram, but I did get laid off from my employer back, you know, many, many years ago. And while it was a scary time and a desperate time, I felt, you know what? I'm not going to go back and look for a full time job. I'm going to just try to see how far I can get on my own. And I never looked back. And it doesn't look like Rachel will be looking back anytime soon. She has turned this side gig, what was once the side gig of food blogging, into a full-time job. And she's worked since then with top brands in the health, fitness, wellness, and food spaces. She's built an even more impressive online following. At this point, I think over 130,000 users on Instagram, followers on Instagram. She's earning triple what she made at her previous job and hasn't even been a year since she was fired. So if that's not so money, I don't know what is. Here to teach us everything she's learned, including how she built such a massive following online, is Rachel Mansfield. Rachel Mansfield, girlfriend, welcome to the show. Can you believe it? Can
1: you believe it? I can't. Like no, I'm starstruck. <laughs>
0: I'm I, oh well. The, the feeling is so mutual. I mean, and I and I mentioned I've mentioned you now a couple of times, maybe on the show, um, in in the, in the context of you know I love when people reach out to me, listeners. Who are either, either have questions, like many of you do for the Friday episodes, or have been inspired by the show. And you do get in touch in so many ways. Some of you tweet, some of you write in. Rachel Mansfield, our guest today, our lovely guest today, she has this beautiful Instagram page site. Everyone follow Rachel uh, Mansfield and, um, I was on Instagram and you had tagged me in one of your pictures saying, Hey, you know, just another day making something delicious, listening to my my girl Farnoosh on her podcast (laughs) inspire me. And I was like, what? And I was so touched because A, that's very sweet, but also I was floored because I looked at your profile and you have over a hundred thousand followers. And I'm like "A, a an an Instagram celebrity thinks I'm cool. So that is making my day.
1: You are cool.
0: (laughs) So I just want to say thank you for the love. And uh, I was immediately hooked on your brand and Everything, like the the Instagram that I went on your website. And um, then you emailed me because you had heard me brag about you on the show. I didn't even tell you I was going to do it. But that's how loyal of a listener you are. You heard it and then (laughs) wrote in and then told me your backstory, which then I was like, you need to be on the show. Because ladies and gentlemen, Rachel, Rachel, I I say Rachel because you dropped the E in your... So her website is Rachel Mansfield, but it's really Rachel. But I think Rachel is pretty cool. (laughs) it's memorable. So you have this incredible backstory about how you became this very strong personal brand around delicious, easy recipes. A lot of them are gluten-free, paleo, like you're all about the health, but also about deliciousness, um, striking that balance, how you got to be where you are. You're just 26 years old. You've amassed a a mass following and you it started by getting fired. So yeah, it's like basically. you need to come on my show. Now I've done enough talking. I'm gonna let you take the mic now and tell us the day you got fired, why you got fired, and why you never went back to another desk job.
1: Yeah. Um so it starts it starts a little bit before when I did lose my job. Um when I was working and I was running the earn media um department at a I'll just company X. And while I was there, I just, I moved into Manhattan. I saw how expensive everything was. And I said to my husband, fiance at the time, I was like, I need to make more money. Like I'm not being paid enough money. I'm, I know I could be doing more. Like I want to get like a side job. And I mean, you work a full-time job. It's not that easy to sign up for a side job. So I said to him, I'm going to sell overnight oats in a jar, which For anyone who doesn't know what overnight oats are, it's basically like oatmeal, any type of like milk you like, chia seeds, et cetera, in this jar. And it's an easy go-to breakfast recipe. And Jordan, my husband said to me, why don't you just start posting your recipes, see if people are interested, and we'll go from there. So that was in March of 2015. And I started posting some of my recipes. And from there, it just it just spiralized. I mean, I now overnight oats aren't even obviously the main thing that I post on my blog or Instagram at this point. It's really any type of recipe that is supposed to taste amazing and make you feel amazing because I don't want anyone to feel like they have to sacrifice flavor for health just to like, feel good about themselves. Um, I'm not like a juice drinker or I don't only eat kale. Like I want people to like eat clean, but eat deliciously. And So that was in March, and it just kind of continued to grow. And by December of wait, kale
0: isn't the most delicious thing you've ever had? (laughs) Are you kidding?
1: No, I actually we went out for pizza this past weekend, and we ordered like a kale salad with the dressing on the side as an appetizer. And like, I couldn't even eat it; like, it was so raw and hard. I just too much effort. Yeah, it's just too much work for me. Um, And then in December, I actually lost my job basically because of my Instagram and blog, um, my employer felt that it was a conflict of interest um, and that it just, it wasn't going to work out if I wanted to continue to have that and continue to work there. So I walked out of a meeting and I stepped on to, I think it was like 30 something street and Fifth Avenue. And it didn't hit me that I lost my job and I my hand just started shaking and I just started bawling. And I called my father and I was like, what just happened? Like, I, what am I doing? <laughs> it so was out of They no gave care. you an
0: ultimatum or they were like, we've decided you can no longer work here.
1: It was It the ultimatum was it was already made. Like it was be, it was you're done. And I tried to like kind of make the situation better. I'm like, well, what can I do like to solve this? Like, I, I'm so sorry. And by
0: the way, gone. well, how stupid are they? Like here they have in front of them a brilliant young Worker who has like figured out social media in a way that could be very powerful, not only for yourself but for them. And they're like, not they didn't get that. Did you feel that they like? Did you feel that that was the miscon the disconnect there? I mean, could did you say to them like, I'm actually I would love to teach you how I've done this for myself and help the brand? I mean, that seems like a win win.
1: Exactly, and that's what you would think. And especially, I was running all of the blogger relationships there. So basically how I work with brands from the blogger side, I was doing that from the brand side. So it's a very very unique perspective to have in this industry, especially because the blogger industry in itself is so new and unique that nobody knows what they're doing. So it was it was a very cool place to be in. Um they just they felt that I was working with like a competitive brand and it wasn't working and I'm like you don't even sell that product. Like how is that a competitor and I think it was just they want everyone to be drinking the Kool-Aid there and listening to everything that you're told to do. And if you're not, see, sayonara, so, sayonara. Well, good it was for, for the best. I always w- say. Well,
0: clearly, yeah, everything worked out. But yeah, I mean, your hands were shaking. <laughs> you called your dad. I feel like that's a normal reaction to losing your job. And it's probably the first job you lost. And it was completely you were not expecting it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yet you did not, the instinct was not necessarily to go back to find another corporate job. You felt you had enough momentum. And by the way, at this point, you didn't have 100,000 Instagram followers or 130. You had much fewer.
1: Yeah. At that point, I think it was like, I want to say like 12,000. Like it was not, I always compared it to like making like babysitting money. Like I was not making a profit on what I was doing whatsoever to live in Manhattan and at, all at places in the world. Um, and I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do. Like my, I was like, I need to start buying a new job. Like I looked into going like from a full-time job to a full-time job. Um, and I just, my heart was, was with, was with my brand and like, I needed to find a way to make that grow. And I don't, I can't even say that I made the decision on my own to do this because it was definitely a collaborative effort between my parents and my husband um, who really pushed me? They were like, you know, give yourself three to six months, give this a try. If it fails, a full time job's not going anywhere. So see what happens.
0: Yeah, those desks aren't getting filled up.
1: And I don't have the type of personality that can sit at a desk. I I have a standing desk. I'm standing right now as I'm talking to you. (laughs) So it was definitely it was for the best. And that was in early December, um, which was right, obviously, before the holidays. And no one is looking to hire or even thinking about helping somebody get a job around the holiday season. So I was fortunate enough, I got unemployment, which I never even knew unemployment really existed because I never had to. And I was lucky enough to have that for a few months to hold me over. Um, and then I started my own consulting business. So I do consulting for brands, for influencer marketing. And I also focus on my own blog. So it's, it's still that dual role, but my main i would say bread and butter is my blog and instagram
0: so teach me and by me i mean us <laughs> um, teach us about how to really a lot of us out there even if again if, even if you're sitting at a desk working for the the man or the woman and you want to create your own personal outlet through let's just let's say instagram cuz i i think that's my favorite a uh, place to post because when I think of Instagram, I, I smile. Like it's all happy stuff for the most part. It's not like Facebook, which has gotten just to be a political platform for all my friends. I like Instagram. It's it's more diverse, and even though you can't really link things, I kind of like that. I like that it's not super markety yet. You can put a link in your website in your in your bio. But tell us how to. Because you've done it so well. How do you use Instagram to grow? You went from 12,000 to 130,000 in less than a year followers. Teach me. (laughs) I'm not even
1: at 12,000. It's definitely, it's, if I, I always say this to people if it was easy, then everyone would be doing it because it's not, and it's not rocket science. I am by no means this like marketing mastermind. I just, I have such a passion for Instagram in itself. It's, Really, the only social media platform that I utilize. I don't. I have Facebook and Pinterest and everything, but I I don't tell people to even look at it. Um, Instagram. It, it's just. It's. I love how it's so straightforward and conversational. So I can connect with my community on Instagram. I can post a picture of my breakfast recipe, and then people will comment on it, and they'll tell me what, how they feel. They'll tell me it looks delicious. They'll ask me a question. Like, can they substitute this ingredient for this ingredient? Um, they'll ask me for recommendations for things like, it's just, I love Instagram because it's such a community. Um, and for growing an Instagram account, I always say that consistency is key. Um, you have to be consistent in posting. You can't post, once a week and expect people to follow you. You want to be top of mind, and especially with Instagram's new algorithm, you want to make sure that you're posting. I would say on a very consistent basis. Whoa, wait, 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 hold up!
0: Algorithm. <laughs>
1: let's, yeah. let's do a
0: sidebar on that. What the heck is the Instagram algorithm?
1: Um, you would have thought that like the wall, of, the Great Wall of China was like collapsed. Like it was crazy when this happens. Like they. Basically, when you used to go to Instagram, it used to be like the most recent post would be at the top and they changed it. So it was more like that. And I still don't understand how the algorithms really works, but it's the most engaged photos are at the top. So not necessarily the photo that was posted five minutes ago, but it could be the photo posted five hours ago with more likes and comments will be at the top of your feed. Hmm. Some people don't even know that that's happening. Is that really happening?
0: Because I'm on your feed right now. And the first thing I see, although maybe because every day you're posting more and more engaging stuff, uh, that could be it. But I
1: see your picture of uh, today. Well, when you do the, it's like your news feed. So it's not like the profile feed, like not like just yours. But if you go to the home button, like all the way on the left, it's that feed. So I'm looking at mine right now. And the first picture is from 22 minutes ago. Then the second one is from five minutes ago. Hmm. So it's just not in like chronological order anymore. So what makes for an engaging post? Something enticing, like, because in, with Instagram, peop, I would say like 90% of the people don't read the caption. So it has to be like something that's eye-catching. Food definitely takes off on Instagram because people are eating with their eyes. So if they see something that's completely drool-worthy or like looks delicious, they're going to keep following you so they could see more of that. But then there's, like fashion bloggers and lifestyle bloggers who post their outfits every day or what they're doing. And you have to give people a reason to follow you, like something to hold on to. Mm. And you want to be known for something. So like for me, it's food. So I primarily post food pictures and my recipe pictures that are clean, delicious and healthy. Um, And that's why people follow. And I'm
0: doing it completely wrong then because... um, (laughs) So maybe taking your advice, what I should do is... and like. I do this thing where I put quotes or or graphics of like my guests and their quotes as a way to get people interested in listening to the podcast. And I like doing that, but I think it's not it's not eye candy for sure. It's maybe brain candy, because oh, well, this quote is so inspiring. But I think um if you take the so money brand or the concept of so money, you can just apply to so many ways of thinking and um angles in your life. It's not just the you know, your money, it could be your, you know, it's lifestyle. So maybe it's like every day I take a picture of something in my life that's so money that merits a photograph of it to being taken, whether it's like a so money moment with my son or like, uh, something I got on sale or like, you know, but, but you're saying like the photo really needs to be, it's really about the photo. Like it's, it's not the idea of the photo. Like the photo itself has to be pretty awesome.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And like if you did a so money moment every day, that would be what you're that's what that's what you're known for. It's already what you're known for in my eyes. So if you need to just like portray that to your Instagram audience, and then also use hashtags. Yes, to amplify the post because some some bloggers and Instagrammers are very anti hashtags. I am convinced I wouldn't have grown an account without using hashtags on every single post.
0: And the certain hashtags do better than others. Like it's also studying what hashtags go viral on Instagram, exactly. right?
1: Mm-hmm. So you want to find. I think it's like thirty hashtags or 30, 30, 30. My lord! Yeah, wow. that's the maximum that you can use, and I use that amount every single post. What's
0: the most um, successful
1: post you've had? What What was like? Just beyond. Um. Let's, I. I'm I'm actually probably the only person who doesn't have the Icono Square, which gives you the analytics for <laughs> oh. your Instagram. But I I like I'm such I am a numbers person. I know that like I'll let that um like get in my head, and I try to just like kind of run free. But I think it was a peanut butter cup smoothie bowl that did really well. I'm looking for it right now as I'm. Wow as I'm chatting to you, I believe it's around 14,000 likes. Oh my gosh. And so um, how are you monetizing your Instagram? So work, it comes from a few different streams and it's not, it's not like cookie cutter. And that's like the frustrating part. And that's the intimidating part because I had no idea how much money that I was making because I'm not getting a paycheck, <clears throat> excuse me, every two weeks. I had to like make an invoice tracker with my husband and it helps... My husband's in accounting, so he like, was good with this, uh, with this type of stuff. And it helped me to know like when a brand is paying me how much money I'll ma- be making every month. And I would say the money comes in from working with different brands and collaborating and partnering with them. So, for example, <clears throat> say a chocolate chip company emails me and they want me to make a recipe using their chocolate chips to put on my blog and Instagram account. I then send them my media kit and my rate sheet, and then we go from there. So it's almost like paid publicity um, is how I like to explain it. It's almost like you're paying for PR, but you're also paying for content, and you're paying for like the engagement that they're going to be getting on their product by using my account.
0: Just about every investment and retirement plan is created by men for men, which is fine, unless you're a woman. Women still earn less than men, for now. We're more aware of risk, we're more likely than men to pause our careers to raise a family, and unfortunately, we typically retire with less wealth than men, even though statistics show that we live longer. That's why there's Elevest created for women, run by and designed by women. Elevest helps women invest based on their specific goals, like buying a home, starting a business, raising a family, or just retire like a boss, so money listeners can visit lves. dot slash so money and have an investment plan created at no cost, customized to your specific goals. Invest like a woman with Elevest, E L L E V E S T. That's L dot com slash so money. Well, and makes and it totally makes sense. And we know there are many people online, fashion bloggers, food bloggers. Who are making money with sponsored posts? But you're smart in that you're not just relying on Instagram as your um, monetization model. You have your consulting company. Um, what's next? Do you want to do a book? Do you want to have a show? Like, where do you see your brand growing?
1: You know, I have, I truly have no idea. I just when I first start, and it make, that makes me sound so silly. I feel like when I say out loud because people ask me, "Where do you see yourself in five years?" I have. No idea.
0: Forget five years. Well, like a year. I mean, really, because things can happen so much faster for us now because of the internet. That was a question people asked you maybe 10 years ago because people were still using flip phones, you know, but now you you can do everything within minutes. So, really, like a five year trajectory is now a year. So, where do you, what, what, uh, forget timeline. Like, what are some of the things that you've yet to accomplish that you'd like to pursue?
1: You know, I want to do, I want to do a lot more like lifestyle focused things, not just food and give people more a glimpse into like my daily life, not just what I'm eating, but what I'm doing and other things that I love. Um, Like I, I love athleisure, athleisure clothes. I love fitness. Like I love all parts of, of living my life. And I want to portray that to everybody. Honestly, like if you told me a year ago that I would be working for myself, out of my apartment, making a living, not having a boss or anything, I would have never believed someone for telling me that. I've only been doing this since like about nine months full time. And I just can't even believe I'm standing here even talking to you. It's just mm-hmm. every day I wake up and I don't know what I'm doing. I, just, I go with the flow, which is so not my personality. I do what I need to do and I never know what's what's gonna come at me that day, which is amazing, but I can't plan for that.
0: No, and there's there's a lot of excitement in going with the flow, but I think you should also, I would give you more credit in saying that you do have a framework for how you like to get things done and you have, (laughs) you know, you know who you are, you know where you wanna go. That's important. And I think your story really teaches us, it reminds me that sometimes the best decisions in life are the ones that are made for you. At the time, it may seem like the worst decision. It may seem like the, unfa- the most unfair decision. You know, someone, your employer tells you you can't come back to work and there's nothing you can do about it. Looking back, gosh, wasn't that a great decision that was made for you?
1: Absolutely. And I remember you said this in like um, in the podcast with the founder of Tate's Bake Shop. Mm-hmm. And you said the quote, some of the best entrepreneurship is built out of necessity. Yes. And that has seriously been my like the fire under my rear end. Like it has been like my motivation because like that I needed to do something. And I that I knew I had a passion for something. And I'm very fortunate that I wake up every day doing what I love. Like not many people can say that most people have to go to a job and And they sit at a desk and they have to do something because they have to. I'm just so grateful to wake up every day and following what my gut tells me to do and like what I want to do. It's amazing.
0: And this sounds maybe corny, but Tony Robbins says that, (laughs) and I'm probably botching this quote, but in, in essence, your level of happiness in life is in direct correlation to how much uncertainty you can handle and can invite into your life. So that means you have to be able to live with fear, dance with your fear, be uncertain, be willing to say, I don't know. And like you said, take a leap of faith. That I think is really living life. And you know, it's not gonna be a smooth ride, but that's the point. Um, so c- good for you, Rachel. I'm again, I totally wanted to talk to you as soon as you told me your backstory. I thought not only do I want to be this woman's friend, I wanna have her teach everybody else. What she's been going through, how she's been successful, and it's just the
1: beginning. Isn't yes. that exciting? Thank you so much. I'm like blushing. I wish you. I I'm like a tomato right now. Um, you're you're going to eat a tomato? Oh, <laughs> no, you, oh you look like, like a tomato. tomato. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's amazing. It's truly been like a spectacular last several months. Well, I've been completely inspired. Just, I'm like, okay, I got to find
0: a direction for my Instagram because right now it's like. Capturing the sunset in my apartment to like my son on a Ferris wheel to a quote from someone. And I think all of that is great and cool, but maybe on Instagram you really need to be more thematic. Find a theme.
1: Exactly. And those are like the amazing posts that you can now use in your Instagram stories, which is basically oh. Snapchat or Instagram. Well, thanks
0: um, for explaining and- that to me because I was like, one more thing, <laughs> but.
1: Yeah, I was standing in the in the waiting room for acupuncture when that came out and like that's a place I'm supposed to be like zen and like, you know, calming my nerves and I see this Instagram stories coming out. I almost had a panic attack. I'm like, are you kidding? Another platform for me to find are
0: there any that you don't do? Like, are you not doing Snapchat or do you also do Snapchat with as much fervor?
1: I stock Snapchat, but I don't like I don't actively post Um, like today. I'm actually doing a Snapchat takeover for a brand, which means I'm logged into their Snapchat and I'm giving their Snapchat viewers a glimpse into my everyday life. So I'll do it in that aspect. But I don't I don't actively Snapchat. I'm all about those Instagram stories because it is a one stop shop. I have a community on there and building another community on another platform is just not easy. It's not easy at all.
0: and I love hearing that. you're just like, I'm focused on one thing and the one thing you know like I think being scattered is the wrong approach. It's tempting to want to be everywhere at all times. you you have that fear of missing out, but uh, you got to make choices. Your day is only so long <laughs> um, all right Rachel let's let's talk money given all that you've experienced. Maybe even a little bit of your childhood, what's your money philosophy? Do you have a money mantra at this point
1: if you if you ask if you ask my husband my money mantra, he would call me a frugal capitalist <laughs> i I'm so much a saver. I save like I don't like spending money unless I have to. I'm not like cheap because when I like something and it's nice, I have no problem buying it. But I definitely am extremely cautious about what I spend my money on, um, and I just—I'm a saver, so I want to make sure that I'm prepared for my future, and that definitely comes from how I was raised with my parents because they're—they're they're so much like that as well.
0: So they're very frugal. Give me some stories about growing up, like oh.
1: that really um, captured that. Both of my parents came didn't came from nothing, um, so my dad is a completely self-taught really successful businessman and my mom is like so street smart and has taught me absolutely everything like how to go into bloomingdales and like save as much money as we need to so she's extremely good when it comes to getting the biggest bang for your buck and my dad definitely taught me how to save how to start a career the more like i would say businessy side of it and so between the two of them i just i've learned so much i grew up like extremely in such a warm and loving home. We always had what we needed and then some, like I graduated college with no student loans from a private school. My I studied abroad, my parents did that for me. Like I've always been, I would say a little bit more like well off, I, I was never in need of anything. And I'm so grateful for that, but it's all because my parents saved. It's because they're smart with their dollars. Not everybody is like that when they get to that point in their lives. Um, So it's definitely because they saved money and didn't just spend to spend. So living, what were some of the
0: trade-offs or choices that your parents made that allowed you to have more without spending more?
1: I would just say that they never lived above their means. Um, We have a beautiful home. We travel, like we always traveled as a family, but they wouldn't go and spend thousands of dollars on a hotel when like they would have status at certain hotels or They would fly using airlines that they have points on to use. And just being able to navigate that in a smart way so they didn't have to spend unnecessary money on certain things. So just kind of, I would say, being smart about it.
0: Yeah, knowing when the sales are, knowing when to shop. Um, I'm sure they also negotiated and asked for discounts.
1: Exactly. I mean, oh, my God, like if you buy something on the street with my mom, like she'll keep going back and forth. <laughs> and like she's an awesome negotiator. And so is my dad. I mean, my dad also my parents own like real estate properties that they then rent out. So they they just they're very smart people when it comes to money. And I wouldn't be having this perspective if it wasn't for them
0: what would you say was your so money moment? I mean, we've gone through so many success moments in your career so far, and I would even call getting fired a success. (laughs) But when you were, let's say, finally out on your own and you've only been doing this solo for like a year or so, but was there a moment where you felt, wow, this is sustainable, This I can grow this, this is so money?
1: In July, I I set not like a hard goal, but like, I set like a number in my head when it came to revenue for the year. And I told myself if I hit that, like I never thought that I would. And it was like, that would be like really awesome, Rachel. Like let's, let's try for that. And in July I hit that revenue goal. So seven months into the year and I made my 2016 goal for myself, which was, I was, I was shocked. Like I'm still shocked saying it right now. And when I was at my last job, I always said that I was so, undercompensated and undervalued. And, and since from January for forecasted through the end of this year, I've tripled my salary there. So I would say that was definitely like my so money, my so money moment and just everything, just turning a passion into a career is just, in my opinion, is so money.
0: I've read blogs about how Instagram celebrities and also, you know Facebook and Twitter and all the other online influencers. There's a lot of money you can be making. So tell us, maybe as comfortable as you are sharing, how can you make money? I mean, can you? But like, so I read an article in the New York Times. Like, once you get a million Instagram followers, you can make, you know, a very healthy six figures, maybe even seven figures a year. What's the calibration for followers and all then the money that you can make
1: honestly it's it's there's no like science for it like there's no like cookie cutter like when you reach 50,000 instagram followers like you can make this amount of money because every single brand that i work with i negotiate with and i have to find a point a price point that works for both of us so it honestly varies and i will only work with a brand that i authentically love and use. And it's in it's in my favor that I can do that. But it's in my disfavor that a lot of the brands that I love are very small, organic brands that have budgeting. If I want to work with someone and they don't have what I would typically ask for for compensation, I'll still work with them just because I love them. And I don't want to be known as someone... I don't want to be known as a blogger who's not approachable. Like I want every brand to feel like they can approach me and say, this is what we can spend. And I'm willing to make it work if if I really want to work with them. And I think it's important to have that, just like that warmth. Because I feel like if, if you have a manager and a brand contacts a manager, it's very cutthroat. And I don't want to be like that when it comes to working with brands.
0: Mm-hmm. You might change your mind as you get a little bigger. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm, I think it's, I think I love your approach, but I think that also I want to look out for you and say that there's only so much of you to go around. And at some point you do want to make more money. You should be able to make more money. You should command bigger dollars. And so, um, maybe there's other ways you can work with the smaller brands that make sense. I mean, an Instagram post takes, I know that you're editing and it's, you know, it takes time, but it's not like you're investing hours and hours, right? It's like, or is it? I don't know. What's the time commitment?
1: It actually, it's it's very deceiving. Um, for my blog, I would say like one recipe if I, and I don't do it all from start to finish because there's the brainstorming of the recipe. There's the testing of the recipe. There's going to Whole Foods to buy the ingredients. So there's the whole process of really like the beginning birth stages of it. And then there's photographing it, editing it, writing a blog post, um, putting it in your schedule, amplifying it sending the invoice, negotiating the contract it for one exact recipe, it probably takes me around six hours hmm. total. Okay. So if not more, I would just say that's probably on average. Got it. Um, so it's a hefty amount of time if I think about it. So it just, yeah. And, and it's a very good point that you made that like, I should, I have to be smart about it. And it's definitely on my like list of, I have a list of things to do when I'm bored on my phone so that I'm waiting for the time that I'm bored to do it. But one of them is like into getting like a manager, because I think that when you have a manager, they can really fight for you. And I think that you're also taken a little bit more seriously um, when it comes to that. And it's I'm reaching a point where it's I'm exhausted from negotiating. I love it. Like I, I thrive from doing it, but it also then impacts my creativity and the time that I spend in the kitchen.
0: Agreed. I completely agree. I think there's a lot of value in working with a manager, um, or an agent who can negotiate for you and also be the bad guy. If bad, cop, exactly. you know, bad cop, if, if it gets to that point, um, and you can just continue doing what you love. Tell us about failure, Rachel. What's like a not so money moment that you've had in recent months or just overall?
1: So when we found out that we were going to be moving into moving into the city, we um, wanted to live somewhere that was centrally located for my husband's office and for me to get to Penn Station because I was going to be doing the reverse commute a few days a week. So naturally, we went into Chelsea. We found a beautiful building. It was a luxury building and we got a very small studio apartment and it was definitely above above our means. It was more money than we should have been spending. Um, and because of that, we weren't able to spend money on other things because we were paying so much in rent and not making enough money to be able to go out for like fun dinners on weekends and go out for drinks and spend extra. And I would say that's also when my perspective on money really, really changed. That was a failure for me, for yeah. us, I should say.
0: Well, it's no secret that living in New York is expensive and people here wouldn't be surprised to spend one entire bi weekly paycheck Um, on rent and uh, it's a killer Um, lesson learned good thing you're only 26 (laughs) all right let's talk about your number one money habit what's something that you do regularly almost as regularly as posting on Instagram that helps you with your finances
1: I actually like I'm the one who looks at our expenses every month for my husband and I and I have an Excel spreadsheet where I have it's like R&J monthly budget. And I track every single penny that we spend. like if I buy a water bottle on the street for $2, it goes in that spreadsheet because it just gives me a perspective on what months are high, what months are low and help me to know how much money we can be spending. That's great. And and you just, you know, you'd said your husband
0: is an accountant. So (laughs) I would have guessed the opposite, but whatever works for you guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, we definitely, we tag team. We're, we're, obviously we're we're best friends. So, like he knows that I do it. It's almost because he would do it, but' he'll forget to like put something in there, and I'm pretty neurotic in that sense, so I'll remember to like do it in there. So um the most neurotic yeah. person
0: should do it. Got it exactly. It's a test of neuro neuroses. Um, all right, Rachel, you've been awesome. Let's do some so many, fill in the blanks. You're familiar with these. you you listen to the show, so um, try to pretend like you've never heard these before. Okay. But um, if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say you want a hundred million bucks, the first thing I would do is?
1: First thing I would hire a financial advisor to help me figure out everything and just help guide me.
0: When I splurge, the one thing I love to buy is?
1: Organic food. Organic food.
0: (laughs) But it seems like that's a necessity in your world. A lot of your food is so healthy.
1: Yeah, but it's expensive. Like I walked out of Whole Foods yesterday, and I bought—I felt like I bought nothing. I put it on my Insta stories too. But I spent sixty-five dollars, and I literally bought like five or six things. So it adds up quickly. Wow. Um But it makes me happy.
0: Yes, yes. It's and it helps you live longer. <laughs> exactly. One thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better or both is
1: fake eyelashes. And Ooh. when I was listening to your interview with Rebecca Minkoff, I always said that that would be my answer because <laughs> I absolutely will pretending I've been on your show like a handful of times before I knew about this. <laughs> and I always said that would be my answer. And then I was listening to her and I remember Rebecca saying the same thing and I was so excited. Yeah. Uh, those fake eyelashes. Wasn't that a great
0: interview? She's fun.
1: I listened to that probably a dozen times. Really?
0: That's, oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Um, I love her.
0: Awesome. And when I donate, I like to give to blank because?
1: Well, I would, for when I, I got married about a year ago and we, instead of doing favors, we donate to the Alzheimer's association because it's both just close to us from some family members. And I donate a lot of food to to the homeless um, and to those in need. The amount of food that arrives here, it's not like people can't eat all of that. And then eventually, I would like to do something with when it comes to inspiring young girls to be girl bosses and to really like own what they want to do and help them make a difference.
0: That's so great. Do you know about Sophia Amoroso or? Yes. Oh, yeah. And-
1: Freaked out when you were on her
0: podcast. I know. I was freaked out. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking the other day, I was like, I can't believe I met her because for so long she was this and still is like very much an iconic person to me. And, yeah. and then I was like in this tiny room with her with two microphones, and you know, we were both really dressed down. And I was like, what's going on? What the, you know, the, the world just the law of attraction is very, very real.
1: Oh my God. she's, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. Yeah, You're both amazing. I love that interview that you did with her.
0: Oh, thank you. She's a good interviewer. Okay, and last but not least, I'm Rachel Mansfield. I'm so money because...
1: I am so money because I'm getting to connect with a community that I never knew of and I never dreamed even existed. And now I can't imagine my life without this community and without waking up every day and Doing what I love, I can only hope it continues to grow and gets even better from here.
0: And it will. Take my word for it. <laughs> I don't know what I would do without you on my Instagram feed. I mean, seriously, like you've really. I, and I was telling you before, I'm not really a foodie. I don't really get why people like photograph their meals at restaurants. I mean, sometimes it's cool, but like as as a as a practice, I don't really go to restaurants and, and photograph my food. I don't make. I don't make food worthy enough at home to be photographed. Um, but I love your feed. I just think it's delightful, delicious, and, um, and and tells a story. And the recipes are healthy. And I love that you're integrating yourself more because I want to know who is behind these pictures. So congratulations. And thank you for sharing your story and being so transparent with us and teaching me and I'm sure many others on the show listening how to be more authentic and to connect more deeply with people online. Thank you, Rachel, Rachel. Everyone check out Rachel Mansfield on Instagram. That's also her website and we'll be following you.
1: Thanks, Rachel. Thank you so much. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks
0: so much to my fan, Rachel Mansfield. I'm your fan. If you'd like to learn more about her, visit Rachel Mansfield. And by the way, there's no E in RachelMansfield.com. It's R-A-C-H-L, RachelMansfield.com. You can also follow her on Instagram like all these other people, at Rachel Mansfield. And if you missed any of this... We have the transcript, the audio, all the goodies back at somoneypodcast.com. And of course, you can always drop a note for me, a question for the Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. And keep those tags coming on Instagram because you never know, we might connect and you'll be on the show. Hope your day is so money.